Greetings, fellow traveler on this rock tumbling through space. I'm Fred. This is my front porch. Come on up, have a seat, and let's talk a while. There are ideas to be discussed on this old set of nicely nailed together boards. The Reset Button, a prayer. I think it's safe to say we're all emotionally exhausted. We are seeing death and destruction every single day on the news and in our social media. We all long to go back to the way it was. November 2019 would be early enough for most of us. Some of us would prefer to go back to November 2016. Others would like to return to November 1860. But we're all somewhere on the calendar. We all want to hit that reset button. Let's start this level over. Let's get it right this time. Marty McFly and the crews of several iterations of the USS Enterprise notwithstanding, we can't travel back in time. We can travel only forward. We have to reset the future. And for me, there's a certain sort of prayer in that desire. I've been an atheist for more than 40 years now, but even atheists have favorite prayers. You've probably heard my favorite. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There are things which must absolutely change. People are living in poverty. A startling number of us are likely to join the ranks of the homeless in coming days as eviction moratoriums come to an end. An American is dying frequently enough that at least one of us who was alive when I began talking to you has died of COVID by now. More than a dozen will have perished before we finish. Many of us are enraged with others of us. Family ties are unraveling over politics. Vitriol flows like water through a tap on social media, and it pays to be pissed. The more out of control you are, the more likely you'll go viral. I suspect my efforts to remain rational have cost me a larger audience. I'll live with the smaller numbers. Serenity. You can't take the sky from me, Sunny Rhodes. I have to accept the things I cannot change. I cannot change death. It will, finally, claim us all. I can't bring back George Floyd. I can't resurrect five-year-old Canon Heinend. I can't reincarnate my father. I can't breathe life back into the corpses of COVID. I must find the serenity to accept these realities. I cannot allow myself to collapse into a debilitating depression that will change nothing but my state of consciousness. I need to be aware and let the feelings become as calm as my awareness 
of all of the deaths that have occurred in the last 200,000 years. Nearly every single one of them is a tragedy. Can these events, though, show me what needs to change? And do I have what makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. I wanted you to see what real courage is, instead of getting the idea that courage is a man with a gun in his hand. It's when you know you're licked before you begin, but you begin anyway, and you see it through no matter what. Atticus Finch. I'm still among the living, at least for this moment, and so are you. In the time we've been talking, at least two or three Americans left our group. They're not alive anymore, even though they were when this conversation began. We can't let the serenity we gained transform itself into complacency. We're the only ones left who can change anything. The dead have no voices. It is for us to act, because they can't. At the same time, we can't change everything. We must first choose what to change, and then we must have the courage to act. How do we choose? Wisdom. Logic is the beginning of wisdom, Polaris, not the end of it. Spock. I have to accept that any changes I make will be small. There's serenity in that understanding. I have to have the courage to try, knowing that it might well cost me some of the friendships I value most highly. There are Trump supporters I love deeply. The loss of their friendship will make me less than I am. But that's why I have this podcast. This is the most powerful tool I have to change the world. And now I must attempt to choose what to change. I want to create the greatest possible change that is within my power. As my grandpa Shulky taught me, I can't change the world, only my corner of it. We need many things to change. We need the pandemic to end. We need homelessness to halt its horrible march. We must not acquiesce to authoritarianism. We must eliminate the riots by addressing the causes of the protests rather than simply responding to their most frightening symptoms with violence. But I'm going to argue now that there is something even more vital that must change. I'm going to argue that one significant change can help to bring about the others. We must end the threat of the current administration. I have many associates, particularly in the Facebook group called Resurgent Us, who will defend the president regardless of his behaviors. It is my intention to crush those arguments beyond their ability to breathe. First, he has lied to us more than 20,000 times. The counter-argument all politicians lie is pure bullshit. 
all people, as far as that goes, lie from time to time. No, Mommy, I didn't take that cookie. But then we learn that lying is not really a good thing to do. Why? As I've mentioned more than once, trust is the foundation upon which all relationships are built. Without trust, nothing can be accomplished. I can't be a husband, a boyfriend, a best friend, a friend, a son, a brother, an employee, or even a fan if I lie too often. All of those relationships will end badly for me. If you can't believe what I say, it is foolish of you to listen to me. There is no way of determining whether the information I gave you is of any value. I love you. I want a future with you. I love hanging out with you. I like to talk to you. I am taking good care of myself, Mom, really. Yeah, I'll pick you up at the airport. I'll be at work tomorrow morning. I love all of your music. If I lie often enough, why would you believe any of those statements? In my case, you can just dismiss me from your life. I'm a threat to your well-being. I'm what people like to call toxic these days. Dump me. It is more important, however, to be able to rely on what our elected officials tell us. I can't just dismiss them from my life. They continue to affect my life daily in ways both large and small. Why do I care if Trump lies? It doesn't hurt me, right? Uh, yeah, actually, it does. It's not just that it makes me angry. If that's all it was, I would smoke a bowl, put on a Steely Dan album, and forget about it. It's just a state of mind. But his lies directly affect me. How? 170,000 of my fellow Americans have died. I know that wasn't Trump's fault. It has nothing to do with his lies. Except, yes, yes it does. He's told us more than two dozen times the virus will just disappear. Now the virus that we're talking about having to do, you know, a lot of people think that goes away in April with the heat as the heat comes in. Uh, typically, that will go away in April. I've spoken to uh, President Xi. They're getting it more and more under control. So uh, I think that's a problem that's going to go away. But when you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh, that's a pretty good job we've done. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It will disappear. Yes. And from our shores, we've, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. It could maybe go away. We'll see what happens. You have to be calm. It'll go away. It will go away. Just stay calm. It will go away. We need a little separation until such time as this goes away. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. It will go away. You know it. You know it is going away. And it will go away. And we're going to have a great victory. Thank it's you. going to go away. Hopefully at the end of the month. And if not, it hopefully will be soon after that. But has so it is going, thinking on this Kim, it is going away. I didn't say it I said it's going away, and it is going away. You were saying things like, I think it's a problem that's going to go away within Which a couple of days. About? It, go, it will go away. But I think what happens is it's going to go away. This is going to go away. It's going to go. It's going to leave. It's going to be gone. It's going to be eradicated. Uh, and uh, it might take longer. It might be in smaller sections. It, it'll be, it won't be what we had.
Because people believed him, they believed masks are a political statement. Because they believed the president when he said scientists are wrong, I can't go to work tomorrow or the next day. I'm hoping, perhaps, for September. And I'm better off than many people. Again, I'm still alive. So much for the who cares if he lies argument. We interrupt this podcast for breaking news. Fred's Front Porch Podcast can be heard commercial-free exclusively on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Run over, sign up for $10 a month or more, and you can skip these ads. More importantly, you can keep me alive another week to do another episode. This show is my sole source of income during the pandemic, unless Arizona changes their mind and grants me at least a little unemployment money. Not only do you get commercial-free episodes, but you can get episode CDs, the first five-eighths of my novel, early access to episodes, coffee mugs, and t-shirts. You also get to hear me thank you at the end of each episode. If you become a patron saint, I'll even make you your own video. Head over to Patreon and consider helping me out. Now we return you to our regularly scheduled podcast. I gave you 13 examples of one lie. There are more than 20,000 others. I don't have time to deal with all of them. We are seeing images nightly on the news of our police officers and federal agents behaving in ways that are remarkably similar to the films of Bull Connor displaying his own authoritarianism. The government was on the wrong side of the history in the 1960s. We are hearing the same arguments against today's protesters that we always hear. They aren't doing it right. Don't do it during your work hours, just entertain us. Don't block roads. Where do you find the time to march around the Capitol building with your stupid signs and your red for ed shirts? Go get a job, you lazy hippies. You can't occupy that park, it's illegal. We'll send the police whose job it is to ensure that the status quo is preserved to deal with you. We hear that if we support the Black Lives Matter movement, we must hate all police officers. Newsflash, we don't hate all police officers. The pretzel logic practiced to defend tear-gassing mothers, firing rubber bullets at journalists, and using both to clear the road so the president can walk a couple of blocks for a photo op in front of a church is too intense to unwind. I simply won't bother. If you wish to be persuaded that you're not witnessing the death of freedom, I will be unable to convince you otherwise. I regret that deeply. While some of his supporters have expressed a newfound interest and rage concerning human trafficking. I share it. I did an episode about it several weeks before it reached their attention. Few of those expressing rage at the kidnapping of white children seem to be concerned about the kidnapping of brown children by our government. Many of the children are irrevocably lost. They are in cages. I don't care if Obama started it. It's equally wrong to kidnap children, whether one is a Democrat or a Republican. 
The president is actively trying to interfere with the election by disabling the post office at a time when mail-in voting is essential to trying to slow the spread of the pandemic, he has appointed a postmaster general, Louis DeJoy, who has a financial interest in at least one of the post office's competitors. He is cutting off funding to the post office. The president himself said, if we don't make a deal, that means they don't get the money. That means they can't have universal mail-in voting. They just can't have it. Sort of a crazy thing. I could go on. I could talk about believing Russia over his own intelligence agencies concerning interference in the 2016 election. I could talk about his requests for foreign interference this year. I could talk about grabbing by the pussy or I like people who weren't captured or demeaning a gold star family or bullying a 16 year old girl or the fact that he referred to Jeffrey Epstein's enabler by saying he wishes her well. I could go on and on, but if I haven't convinced you yet that Donald Trump is a threat to our liberty, that he's unqualified to be president, that his ignorance is appalling, the statement that the 1918 pandemic killed so many people it probably ended World War II by itself should be sufficient to send any sentient voter running for cover. And that he has all the character of a drug-addicted pedophile who thinks God talks to him through a filling in his lower left side molar, I will be unable to accomplish any more. And I like to keep the show to 30 minutes if I can. All I can do is beseech you to adopt the perspective of aliens from another planet who have been watching us for the last couple of centuries and ask what they would recommend. They would recognize the Holocaust didn't begin with concentration camps. It began with attacking the press and sowing hatred toward those who weren't Aryans. It began by turning us against them. Today, we know better. We know there is no them. We are all us. Any alien species advanced enough to visit us would know this too. But is there no solution? Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. First, we have to have a little serenity about something we can't change. In November, either Donald Trump or Joe Biden is going to be elected president. I would love with all of my heart and soul for a third party candidate to have a shot at becoming president. I have many friends who want to vote for Joe Jorgensen. They believe she more closely matches their beliefs than Biden does. Some of my friends are convinced that Biden is no better than Trump and they buy into the Russian spun myth that Biden is a pedophile himself. I, myself, would love to vote for Andrew Yang. Yang, however, shares my concern about saving democracy while we still can. He endorsed Biden. I'm following Yang's endorsement. And I'm adding my own. Why? What does Biden offer? Kamala Harris, Biden's running mate, in her acceptance speech, talked about the protesters 
as a coalition of conscience demanding change. The president, sitting alongside Bull Connor squarely on the wrong side of history, refers to them as thugs and terrorists. Biden asks, what can I do to make life better for you? Biden has shown empathy and compassion frequently. These are vital characteristics for someone who is going to lead a free country. He and Harris represent a chance of hope. They want to create a pandemic testing board instead of pretending COVID will magically disappear. We need the courage to act, to save our democracy before it falls into an authoritarian regime from which few countries ever recover. Normally, I try to steer clear of telling anyone for whom they need to vote, but I don't feel it's morally right for me to do that. If we are unable to remove Trump from office now, when our very liberty is at stake, we are, I believe, simply doomed. Two men whom I love and trust far more than one would expect would be possible since I've never actually met them and I almost certainly never will, told their audience this morning they believe it may already be over. The election may already have been so entirely corrupted that it's beyond salvation. I trust them implicitly, and I trust their judgment at least as much as my own. They may well be right, but I'm counting on you. I'm doing what I can to save the land of the free. I'm asking you to help me make it the home of the brave. If I've convinced you at least to consider voting for Biden this November, I have done a service to the world. If you convince someone and they convince someone else, we will be able to stage a revolution at least as powerful as the kids did with their brilliant TikTok moves, we old folks can't leave it up to the children to pick up the pieces we've dropped. We're alive. We have voices. We can share ideas. We can engage others with love and compassion. We can show them the beautiful world in which we believe. We can help them see the beauty of freedom, and we can demonstrate what freedom really is. We can show them how valuable it is and let them understand why so many have fought and died for it. We can show them the cancer eating at the body politic. We can ask them to help us excise it while there's still time. We accept what we cannot change here on the front porch and we have the courage to change what we must. We have the wisdom to see what we can change and we are smart enough to change it. We are the hope of humanity. Just us, this tiny little group of people changing one idea in one mind at a time. We few, we happy few.
We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day and comes safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, Tomorrow is Saint Crispian. Then he will strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember, with advantages, what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here and hold their manhoods cheap while any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day. It's time to thank people. I want to begin with a donation of great significance to me. I admit that I am not too old yet to have heroes. One of my musical heroes, whose work with the great Lee Rittenauer has been inspiring me for more than 30 years, donated $200 to the show this week. I wanted to cry. If you're a trumpet player, imagine how you would feel if Miles Davis donated to your work, or Coltrane, or Dave Weckl, or Al Jarreau. That's how it felt for me. For those who don't know those names, um, Robert Plant, perhaps? Eric Clapton? More than the donation is the fact that he respects my art, even though I would be surprised to hear he agrees with my political views. Art transcends ideology. Thank you. I wish I could name you, but I don't feel comfortable doing that. But you know who you are. A friend from Canada donated $100.
It meant a great deal to me. I'm humbled by the kindness of these people. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you can do it at at Fred Eater on Venmo. There's a picture on my page that will help you verify it's the right one. I'm wearing a t-shirt and I have a lanyard around my neck. That's the one. It's the at sign F-R-E-D dash E-D-E-R. If you're interested, thanks. I now have so many people to thank that it's going to take a little while, but it's time I'm still ecstatic to spend, so let's start on Patreon. I still don't have an official patron saint yet, and that's not surprising when so many of us are broke. If I ever have one, you'll be the first to know. My producers are Coralie Day with Scott Knight and Edith Keeler. Thanks, folks. You're going way above and beyond, and I want you to know how glad I am you can help the show this much. Thank you. My patrons are Joe March, Kevin Boyce, Sherlock the Mystery Patron, and Zarif. The latest addition to this elite group is Utopia 42. I'm thrilled you could join us, Utopia. Thank you very much, patrons. You're awesome. My sponsors are Laura Engram, Linda M. Crotta, Elizabeth Bennett, The Mindwave Podcast, to which you should listen often, and Michelle Freeman. The latest additions in this group are Scott Shelby and Virginia Rupert. Thank you, sponsors. You rock. My supporters are Corey, Christopher Hitchens' friend, and Natalie Fredrickson. My newest supporters are Chuck Curry, an exceptional musician, and Mark Rosma, an extraordinary writer. We have also just added Christine L. Patterson. Thank you for your support. You help more than you think. My tearless friend is Jereen Elkins. Thank you, Jereen, so much for being my very first contributor. I have a new gratitude to express. I don't understand Instagram. If you see the Front Porch podcast there, it's because of a friend I haven't seen in something close to 40 years, Natalie Fredrickson, and her son, Winston. They ask me what to put in there, and they figure out how to do it. Their efforts have helped to grow the audience. I'm grateful to them. It's important to remember the anchor supporters, too. They're vital to making this show function. Thank you to Lori Shea, Cindy Mandel, Corey, again, Zara, Michael J. Clark, and Stacy Height. Piper K. Young also just joined up. Thank you to Carrie Dedeo, an extraordinary writer whose book Nothing But a Song is a wonderful piece of young adult literature you should read. She just joined us this week. I consider all of us a little community a part of a growing neighborhood. At first, it was just the Radley porch down the way, but now we're part of the Mindwave neighborhood, and I'm meeting more and more neighbors there. I hope you'll go and borrow a cup of sugar when you need one from some of our neighbors. I recommend the Mindwave podcast, hosted by Jenner Zeno, the Moving Forward podcast, which spawned this show, and that other Laura Engram, hosted, shockingly enough, by someone quite different from the one on Fox, 
and also a supporter of this show. Their ideas are similar to mine, but their presentation styles are all different. For now, here on the front porch, we'll continue as a hopeful community, changing one idea in one mind at a time. I love you folks. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll come visit the porch again soon. Until then, look for all the episodes on your favorite podcast app. We're on just about all of them now. Take care of yourself and each other.